Well, good evening, Crossway, and any guests who may be joining us tonight. Let me say a special welcome to some of our mission partners who are tuning in. It's so good to be together, if only virtually. And I think I speak for all of us. You guys watching us in this room recording, I think I speak for all of us when I say we really miss you. We miss being together. We long to replace this camera with your faces. So we just rest on the Lord. We know in his good timing that will happen. We've gathered tonight to focus on Jesus, on his cross. This is, after all, still Good Friday, even if it's sort of an extraordinary, extraordinary one. And we've gathered to focus on Jesus and to pray for the current unprecedented time situation in which we find ourselves. You, you don't need to, me to tell you that we're in a global pandemic. People are scared. Many people are sick, some who we know. Many people have lost jobs. Others are working to exhaustion, which is to say there's a lot to pray for. I, I know many of us have prayed about all of this in a sustained way over this last week, culminating even today in time of prayer and fasting. We're, we're hungry for God, aren't we? We're hungry to see him work. We want to see him work in our lives and in this world. And I trust not only are you hungry for God, but you're also full of confidence in God. The God who we've been reminded over the last weeks, who is our refuge, who's our keeper, who's our help. Well, our format tonight is pretty simple. And we're going to begin with a short meditation on today's passage from the prayer guide. We'll look at Luke 23, 36 to 49. And then we'll pray. In fact, we'll have four times of focused prayer for each. I'll give some brief instructions, and then you'll pray. And we'll, we'll kind of leave things silent around here. If you're all by yourself, I'd encourage you to pray out loud. Speak your requests out loud to the Lord. That may feel strange to you, but let me encourage you to do that. And if you're together, say, with your family, uh, I would encourage you to also pray out loud, but pray together. Take turns. Dads, maybe you lead out. Of course, if you're new to praying and it feels strange to you or praying out loud feels really strange, it's okay to just sit in silence before the Lord. He is with you and wants to be with you and near you during this time. So that's okay, too, if you want to be silent. Each time I'll give you, we'll give you about four or so minutes to pray. It'll be silent, and then you'll hear Matt calling us back together. The piano will start to play, and when you hear the music, that will be the signal to transition. But as I've said, before we pray, let's first turn our attention to God's Word. I want us to hear from God tonight. If you've got a Bible, or if maybe one's nearby, why don't you go and grab it? We're actually going to put the words on the screen here in a minute. We're going to look at Luke 23 verse 26 to 49. So if you've got your Bible out, why don't you find that passage? Again, we're going to post it on the screen here, and then I'm going to read it for us. So this is Luke 23, verse 26 to 49. And as they led him away, that's Jesus, as they led him away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. 
But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching. But the ruler scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who was hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he, that is Jesus, said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this, was, this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. All right, there, there are three things that I want us to meditate on. I want us to see. I want us to look at in this haunting passage that we find in Luke's gospel. Three things. First, I want us to look at Jesus' provision. Meditate on Jesus' provision. Let's look at what Jesus has done for us. Here's how I'd summarize it. Jesus' death gives us access to God. It gives us access to God. His agony gives us access. You see it right there in verse 45. In fact, we're just going to concentrate on two verses in this large passage. You see it right in verse 45, right at the moment of Jesus' death. That's what we see in verse 46. Right at that moment, something extraordinary happens. This is verse 45. The curtain of the temple was torn in two. Matthew, in fact, tells us that the curtain ripped from top to bottom. 
you know, maybe you remember all the way back at the beginning of the Bible that when Adam and Eve sinned, our first parents, when they sinned, they were banished from God's presence, banished out of the garden. And they were blocked from returning into the garden by a mighty angel who had a flaming sword. Well, the temple where this curtain was, the temple's holiest place, called the Holy of Holies, it was like that garden. It was where God dwelt. It was where God dwelt in Israel. And entrance into God's presence, into the temple's holiest place, was blocked, was guarded by this thick curtain. And do you know what was on the front of that curtain? Angels, cherubim. And nobody, nobody was allowed behind the curtain except once a year, one guy, the high priest, he could enter one time and always with a sacrifice that he made both for himself and for the sins of God's people. And the point of this exception was to show like super clearly that nobody really had full and free access to God's presence. That exception proved this. Nobody, nobody had full and free access to God's presence because nobody was perfect. Nobody was sinless. Nobody was holy enough to be with God and in his presence. The priest's sacrifice simply couldn't cut it. Something else was desperately needed. And that something, that something else was precisely what Jesus' death provided. Jesus' death Friends, Jesus' death provided us absolute, full, final, nothing else is needed forgiveness. That's what he provided for me. That's what he provided for you. And that's why this barrier, this curtain, in Jerusalem, in A.D. 30, on that Friday, tore in half. Jesus, at long last, did something world-changing history-making. He gave humans, us, access back to God's presence. What's the first thing I want us to meditate on tonight? First thing I want us to see. That's, That's what Luke wants to draw our attention to here. But there's a second thing I want us to see. We've looked at Jesus' provision. Now I want us to look at Jesus' pain. Well, let me put it like this. Remember that access to God doesn't mean freedom from pain. We we, we wish it did, but it doesn't. It doesn't mean freedom from agony. Jesus' agony gives us access to God. That's true. But this agony doesn't free us from pain. At least not yet. It, It didn't for Jesus. After all, as verse 46 tells us, He breathed his last, which is to say he died. And he didn't just die, he was crucified. He died an agonizing death. Agony, in fact, characterized Jesus' final hours. You know, just before Jesus' arrest, we find him with his disciples. They're just outside Jerusalem. They're on the Mount of Olives. And we find Jesus in agony. Listen, You know, I was reading through Luke's gospel for most of this year, and this struck me. Listen to what Luke tells us. This is Luke 22, 44. And being in an agony, 
he, that is Jesus, prayed more earnestly. Friends, access to God does mean freedom from pain ultimately. There is coming a day when God will, this is how John puts it in Revelation, this is a wonderful passage, it's Revelation 21.4, there's coming a day when God will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. But that day is not yet. Our hearts long for that, but that day is not yet. Access to God through Jesus does not exempt us from the pain of this fallen world. It doesn't exempt us from viruses or wars or natural disasters or the list goes on, doesn't it? It doesn't exempt us from those things, nor does it exempt us from the pain caused by our own sin or the pain caused by others' sin. Access to God doesn't relieve us from these pains, nor does it relieve us from pain orchestrated by the devil himself. It didn't exempt Jesus, and it doesn't exempt us. It will, but not yet. All right. That's the second thing I sort of want us to meditate on and look at. We looked at Jesus' pain. Now third, Final thing, I just want to draw to your attention from this passage in Luke. I want us to look at Jesus' prayers. We've looked at his provision. We've looked at his pain. Now look with me at Jesus' prayers. Jesus' death gives us access to God. And while this access doesn't, at least yet, exempt us from pain, it does give us something to do with our pain. It doesn't exempt us, at least yet, from the pain, but it does give us something to do with our pain. It certainly did for Jesus. Look again at verse 46. What do we find Jesus doing at the point of death? He's at the final moment of his life. What is he doing? He's praying. He's saying, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. What, what did Jesus do with his agony, with his pain, with his trouble? He prayed. Listen again to Luke twenty-two forty-four. This is when Jesus is over on the Mount of Olives just before his arrest. Listen to what Luke 24, 22, 44 says. And being in an agony, Jesus prayed more earnestly. Being in an agony, Jesus prayed more earnestly. In fact, it's interesting to consider that one of the main things Jesus does during his last hours is he prays. Read the Gospel of John and how it ends. Jesus spends a lot of time praying, and we see it here as well in Luke. Jesus spends a lot of time in his last hours praying, even on the cross. And it's not just prayer for himself. Luke 23, 34 shows us Jesus and he's saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus isn't just praying for himself. He's praying for others. Jesus' access to God gave him something to do with his pain. Something to do in his pain. The access Jesus gives us, all of us who know and love him, all of us who call him our Savior, the access he gives us, it gives us the same thing. 
It gives us somewhere to take our pain, our, our tears, our anxiety, our, 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 our fears, our agony. It gives us someone we can take these things to. Don't, don't, miss, don't miss who this someone is. Yes, it's God, the almighty maker of heaven and earth, the one for whom angels do his bidding. But notice what Jesus calls him. And then what Jesus' death on the cross allows us to call him. Luke 23, 46. Jesus says, Father, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Crossway, God through Jesus' cross has forgiven us of our sins. And he's given us thereby access to God himself. Access to himself. Access that will one day usher us into this new and beautiful garden, this this new creation that the book of Revelation describes, a place free from pain and sorrow. But for now, this access gives us some place, someone to whom we can bring our pain, someone who loved us and gave his son for us so that we might call him now and forever our heavenly Father. Amen.